and welcome to Myth Monsters. My name is Erin and I'll be your host for these little snack bite-sized podcasts on folklore and mythical monsters from around the world. These podcasts focus on the actual cryptids, folklore and mythic monsters from global mythology rather than focusing on the full stories of heroes and their big adventures. I'll also be dropping in some references that they have to recent culture and where you can see these represented in modern day content so that you can learn more and get as obsessed as I am about these absolute legends of the mythological world. Today's episode is about the lovely water-dwelling selkies. Now these are from Celtic and Scandinavian mythology, specifically though Irish, Scottish, Faroese and Icelandic myth. These amazing creatures are known for being similar to mermaids, so we're going to call them merfolk by definition, but they can shapeshift from seals to humans by very literally shedding the seal skin like a little coat, which is why they're different from mermaids, as they completely strip themselves of their merfolkness and can only transform back if they have their physical skin. Selkies can be either men or women, but are seals whilst in the water. They are generally described as being incredibly beautiful and loving creatures, and they would only come to land to find a partner who was being neglected by their partners, such as fishermen's wives due to their husband's long terms at sea. Selkies can also be on land for as long as they like, but as soon as they turn back into a seal, they cannot come back to human life after. Some stories say that they can come back after seven years, but this is just from some Scottish myths. Once a selkie had shed its skin, they would hide it either on their person or in a cave. Unfortunately, if a human got hold of this, they would not be able to return to the sea, forcing them to stay as humans. You can see where I'm going with this consent thing. The most common story is that human men would steal female selkie skins and force them to marry them, but the selkie women would be desperate to find their skins and return to the ocean. Selkie women are known to be amazing wives and mothers, but as soon as they get their skin backs, they will run back to the sea, never to be seen again, no matter how many children they have on land, how much they love their husband, whatever. There are some really horrible stories actually of children accidentally returning their mother's selkie skins and their mothers leaving them on the shoreline, which I'll talk about later. Now, in contrast, male selkies had the power to seduce ladies, especially if they were generally pretty miserable in their marriages. If a woman cried seven tears into the sea, the male selkie would come and love her, which is kind of nice. Kind of, It's a bit Greek, isn't it? <laughs> Some of these stories would be used to explain why women would have affairs, or if they died at sea, it would be said that the selkie took her to his underwater home to live happily ever after so yay although not sure if women were ever allowed on boats during this time you know the whole bad luck thing so i don't know how one would ever be on the sea anyway but whatever the name selkie comes from the scottish selic which literally means grey seal it's believed that this came from scottish sailors either getting shipwrecked or landing in Scandinavia and marrying women who looked very different from what they are used to, with dark hair, wearing fur and seal skin as clothing from their Sami culture, because they were obviously used to women like me, ginger and annoyingly English. Wahey! Other stories say that it might have been sightings of Inuits, and they would have dried out their kayaks, which were made of these animal skins, and it might have been that they saw these people drying themselves, their clothing, or their boats, creating the belief that they turn into seals. Kind of makes sense. Lastly, 
There's another belief that shipwrecked Spaniards, specifically Spaniards, were washed ashore and their jet black hair resembled seals. I need to make some friends with someone Spanish so I can come up with some seal nicknames for them. Now, a few weeks ago, we spoke about changelings and the fairies being blamed for any deformities, and they actually did the same with Selkies. There was a clan in Scotland called the Macodrum, and their family is known to be of the seals, as they claim to be descended from a fisherman and a Selkie. They apparently had web fingers so that they could almost have flippers, and they also had a really scaly skin condition, which we can figure out now as syndactyl for the fingers fusing together, and what was probably ichthyosis, which is a genetic skin disorder with the scaly, reptile skin. A cool theory is that once Christianity swept across Europe, Selkies were meant to represent people in purgatory. It's said that they were the souls of drowned people who were given one night a year to return to their human form and dance on land. That's nice, isn't it? Now let's delve into some tales about these. Firstly, in all of these places, seals are seen often in their droves. So it makes sense that we have some mythology based around these super sweet, playful creatures, especially in contrast to their sometimes vicious sea lion cousins, which are not so familiar around the British Isles and Scandinavia. In the Faroe Islands, which I'll just go into a quick geography lesson, you probably know by now that I'm not the best geography teacher, but the Faroe Islands are a bunch of little islands between Scotland, Iceland and Norway, but they are a Danish country. Technically, they speak both Danish and Faroese. It's a gorgeous place. I personally would love to go and visit, but there are two versions of the story of what they call the seal wife. The first one is that of a farmer from the town of Miklandalur, on Kalsoy Island goes to a beach to watch the Selkies dance, as you do. He hides the skin of a Selkie so she cannot go back to sea and forces her to marry him. He keeps her skin in a chest and keeps the key with him at all times. And one day he goes fishing and realises, bloody hell, forgotten my key. When he comes home, the Selkie wife has gone back to the sea, leaving their children behind. Later on, the fisherman goes out on a hunt, bearing in mind they hunted seals during this time, and he kills both her Selkie husband, because she obviously ran away from that, and two Selkie sons, and she swears to take revenge upon all the men of Mittlandala. They will either drown, fall from cliffs and slopes, and this will happen until enough men to link arms around the whole island of Kalsoy have been killed. They still attribute any of these kind of deaths on the island to be fulfilling the Selkie's curse. I will just firstly apologise. I'm really trying with the Scandinavian names here, but uh, they're quite tricky. Please forgive me. The other version of this story is that of the fisherman Kagan, who married a Selkie. He went sailing in the later of the year and his wife was warning him that it was way too dangerous and inevitably a horrific storm hit him. And in order to save him, the Selkie transformed back into her seal form and rescued him. But it meant that she would never be able to return to their marital home and bliss, apparently. Now in Iceland, there's a similar story to the key hiding husband in the Faroese one, but without all the murder. The tale is called Selshamurin, or the seal skin. The story says that a man from Murdala, which is in southern Iceland, forces Selkie to marry him after stealing her seal skin. He also locks it up in a chest, and when he dresses up for Christmas one year, she finds it in with his normal clothes, so she runs and is reunited with her promised Selkie husband beneath the waves. 
In contrast, in Irish folklore, they're often mixed up with mermaids as there's a story about a mermaid marrying a man and she later escaped and ran back to her seal husband, suggesting that actually she was a selkie, not a mermaid. There's also a story that the clan Keneally was descended from seals and they were not allowed to hunt them or else they'd get extremely bad luck. Then, because of this, people called Keneally changed their name to Connolly, which is a cool bit of history, especially if you note some cool Irish-descended actors like Jennifer Connolly. Quite a cool little fact. There's also an island called Rowanish or Seal Island off the coast of Donegal. But lastly, let's talk about Scotland, where specifically the stories of Orkney and Shetland kind of come in. This is where the ponies are from, just as a PSA. Now, this one is probably the saddest tale in my mind. I kind of mentioned it earlier. A man from Orkney steals a Selkie's skin and forces her to marry him. You know, the huge. And she spends her life trying to find it so she can return home. This one's actually pretty miserable. Unfortunately, their daughter finds her seal skin. And as she saw her dad hide it in the roof from her mum, she innocently returns it to her mum, who promptly runs back to the sea, leaving her daughter behind on the shore. In Shetland tradition, there's a gorgeous ballad called The Great Silky of Salisbury, which talks about them, and here's a little extract. I am a man upon the land, I am a selkie in the sea, and when I'm far, far every strand, my dwelling is in Salisbury. In the story Gagoa's Son, there were a group of seals that were actually killed by nearby fishermen, but these were actually selkies. The blood caused a massive wave and one fisherman on his boat was left completely abandoned. The selkies survived by turning into their human forms, but their seal forms were actually lost forever. A selkie called Ollivantius was actually really upset as his wife was in the sea and his mum Gagoa made a deal with the fisherman offering to carry him back to the town on the condition that the skin would be given back to her son. She even let him carve gashes into her shoulders so he could hold on easier. But the skin was returned, they all lived happily ever after. That's actually quite a nice one. One last story, and actually I was suggested this by one of my followers on Instagram, so thank you so much for bringing this up. It's another one from Scotland, and it's the story of the seal killer. There was a fisherman who went out six days a week to kill seals by using a silver whistle to basically summon them around his boat. Then he'd turn their skins into, like, trousers and stuff, like waistcoats, you know, whatever they were wearing back in the day. (laughs) Then one day, the biggest seal he'd ever seen came up, and he stabbed it in the back of the head. It didn't kill the seal, which is interesting, but it took his really elaborate, gorgeous, inherited knife that had run down his family with it. The next day, he actually really struggled to sleep, and then basically a man appeared at his door, asked him to do a job. They rowed to the shore, and the stranger just full-on snogged him, filling him with air, and then they jumped off the cliff and sunk to the bottom of the sea. There, they found the great seal, And the stranger told the fisherman that this was actually their great selkie queen and that he must take the knife out and basically kiss it better in order for her to get better. It miraculously heals and hooray. She made him promise to never kill another seal and gave him a package full of gold coins for doing so. And now every full moon there's a tradition where the selkie comes up from the sea and the man comes and dances with her to the tune of his lovely little whistle. 
Creatures similar to selkies exist in the folklore of many other cultures too. A similar legend exists in Sweden, and the Chinook people of North America have a similar story of a boy who changes into a seal. However, they're most related to the story of the Japanese swan maidens, who, as you can imagine, turn into swans. There's not really much else. I might cover them in another episode. Not sure yet. Now for cultural references, we'll start with art. For this one, I would have to say to look at independent artists again. There aren't many famous paintings of Selkies, but they are featured on one of the Faraway stamps. There's also a beautiful, and I can't stress this enough, beautiful statue of the Selkie in Miklandler, and her name is Copaconan. She stands at 2.6 meters tall and is a gorgeous bronze statue of the seal woman shedding her skin. She stands just out to sea on some rocks and gets a lovely smash from the waves every now and then. Honestly, the pictures are amazing. I would recommend looking up an amazing Faroese artist, musician. Her name is Ivor. She performs her song Troya Budin in front of the statue in a YouTube video. I would highly recommend looking it up. You might recognise her music if you watch The Last Kingdom on Netflix. She does the music primarily for all of that, but she is an absolutely amazing artist. Fully recommend, especially this video with the waves crashing and the statue behind her. It's honestly, it's just mwah. There are a couple of really amazing movies, they're kind of a little bit B-side, such as The Song of the Sea, which is an animated film about a boy who deals with the disappearance of his Selkie mum. The Secret of Rowan Anish, a 1994 film based on the novel of kind of the same name, Secret of the Ron Moore Scary by Rosalind K. Fry. It's about a girl who discovers her kind of Selkie ancestry. There's also a film called Selkie, which was a 2000 made-for-TV film, which was made in Australia. It's generally a film for TV, I would stay clear, but if you want to watch it, please let me know how it is. In TV, Selkies actually appear in the anime My Hero Academia, with a character actually called Selkie who has the same powers. There's also a similar kind of Selkie in Disenchantment, which is a Netflix show. It's an animation by the Simpsons creator Matt Groening, but she's actually a bear and has the same kind of skin shedding power. And one of the main characters actually steals her skin to keep her with him. Gaming-wise, not many references for this one, I'm afraid. They feature in Magic the Gathering, the card game, as a playable monster card. But that's about it from what I can find. I've never personally played any game with Selkies in. Mermaids and Sirens get mentioned all the time and featured all the time, but nothing about Selkies, I'm afraid. The book recommendation for this week is A Stranger Came Ashore by Molly Hunter. It's a novel, but it's about a boy in Scotland who is protecting his sister from a predatory Selkie. There's also a really lovely story called Sealskin by George McKay Brown, who wrote a lot of stories about his love of seals off the Scottish shorelines. Now it's time for Do I Think They Existed? I really like the idea of Selkies, you know, they seem like they might just be really nice people. However, I've seen a seal on land, and they do not turn into beautiful people. Most of the time, very chubby, very lovable. Can confirm. I first heard of Selkies when I was told of the Faroese myth as a child, and I always associated them with trying to escape back to the sea. And as someone who grew up on the coast and now lives inland, I totally get it. I love the idea of them having half-Selkie babies, but what I don't like the idea of is forced marriage, like, at all. The whole idea of consent is just gone. 
it's not nice. The thing I love the most about them is while Selkies are not as well known as other merfolk creatures, instead of being vengeful and nasty like mermaids and sirens, they very literally come to land for love and for families, which I think is very admirable and actually really, really nice and a nice change for mythology, I think. I see that these cultures at the time saw the sea as both dangerous and essential to their survival. Also, the sea is super unpredictable, can be both calm and tranquil or tempestuous and life-threatening. And these cultures, and some even to this day, including the Inuits, see the sea as bountiful to feed their families primarily with fish and other sea creatures. And as I said, they're also a representative of love and sacrifice for love, which is so nice and makes them the perfect creatures for any romantic, shore-based tragedies in myth and folklore. I thought that one was quite nice. I know they're not as intensive as mermaids and sirens, and there's, I know it's mermaid, right? I know, I know, I know. But I do think they just generally look very soft and squishy, and I want to be friends with them so I could pet a seal in real life, please. I would like to do that, I volunteer. Next week, we're heading back across the pond to South and Central America for a spooky tale. We're talking about La Llorona, who drowned her babies to get back at a dude. I'll tell you all about this ghostly spirit that will haunt you next Thursday. For now, thank you so much for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a rating on the service you're listening on. I've got the Twitter for any questions or suggestions on what monsters to cover next. And I'd love to hear from you. The Twitter is at MythMonstersPod or the Instagram is at MythMonstersPodcast. Or you can email me, old fashioned style, on MythMonstersPodcast at gmail.com. And share this with your pals. Who knows? They might love me as much as you do. I want to hear from everyone. It'll be so amazing. But for now, stay spooky. And I'll see you later, babes. Thank you.